yes, he is. You believe that tonight? Sing it again. He's an on time God. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, he's an on time God. Oh, yes, he is. Well, Job said he may not come when you want him. Oh, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. Amen. Give him praise tonight. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. I hope you know him that way tonight. I hope you're not sitting in your seat this morning tonight choked up with no peace, no joy, no freedom, no liberty, no victory. If you are, something's wrong. And your faces show it. Your arms show it. Your body language shows it. It all shows it. You need some victory? There's victory in the house of the Lord tonight. There's liberty in the house of God tonight. You're not here to take me up. We're not here to have a cheer squad. We're here to say what our God does on a daily basis. He's mighty. He is mighty. Let's bow our heads right now. Satan, I come against you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke you. I bind you. I curse you in the most powerful name that scares you to death. Get your hands off of God's people. Get your hands off their mouths, off their hands, off their feet. You get your hands off their joy, their hope, their peace. I bind you, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Flee. Great and mighty Lord Jesus. You're still the mighty conqueror. You're still the mighty God. You are still worthy of all of our praise and our adoration. Anything and everything we can give, you deserve more. Lord, Satan has tried very hard to fight us in this room tonight. Satan's defeated, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. You did that. You stomped on him when you broke his back at Calvary. Now he's got some bluffs and some lies floating around, but Satan's defeated. Satan's very thoroughly defeated. And Lord, once again, I say thank you for doing that for your people. I pray, Lord, now as we turn to the ministering of your word, Lord, your word sets the captives free. Your word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Lord, your word is here right now. Your word has been quickened and been made alive. You are here right now to guarantee it and to bring it to pass. Lord, as we move from that worship that we just give you, Lord, into the ministry of your word, Lord, I pray you would wake us up, that you would quicken our hearts in your presence and your anointing right now, Lord God, that Satan will have no more hold, that anything he would lie or bluff or con or put his hand over our eyes or our ears or our hearts, that every hold of the devil be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray you would grant that here tonight, that you would grant us an extra special bit of mercy, Lord. Deliver us once again, Lord. Have mercy on your people. Draw us closer to you, Lord. We love you so very much. We love, Lord, what you've done in our day and in our hour. We love that you've let us see it. And once again, I say it's marvelous in our sight, Lord. We appreciate your mercy to us. We thank you for still being the healer. The healer, Lord, we thank you for that, for still being our deliverer tonight, for still being the mighty God that you are. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in your holy and mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Say again. I can hear myself, okay? Which is more important, you to hear me or Satan to hear me? I put my foot right on his neck tonight. I'm done with him. Turn to Matthew 16 with me. Tonight we'll carry on the rock of offense. Please, Joseph. The rock of offense. I'm not numbering them. He's been a rock and a stumbling stone and a, uh, always something to come against God's people all these years. He's always been a wet blanket. Satan has always done all these things to pull the people from the path of life, from the way of life, from the gift of God. I've shared that quote with you many times recently that Brother Ram has said that the army of Satan is here to bring diseases and sickness and malady and affliction. Thank you, brother. All those things that Satan has done to try to bring against the people of God, but the army of God is here to defeat them and to defend them and make them take their hands off and back up. Anybody interested in that tonight? Maybe you want to stay in a bound condition. Maybe you want to stay all tied up and mucked up. No peace, no joy, no love, no grace in your heart. I don't want that. If you want that, you're in the wrong room tonight. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. <laughs> when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And I want to, as we read this, I'm going to put the same question to each one of you tonight. If you feel like I need to call you each one by name to ask you personally, who do you say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? You may be seated tonight. Whom say ye? Whom say ye? <clears throat> Many different types of births you can have. Uh, you, you can have the way the, the, the gentleness and the sweetness of the Holy Ghost will move upon a person and his mercy and, 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 and be there willing to give whatever they'd, wanna, whatever they'd want. Meet them as much as they need, as they require. It seemed like it got really loud. At least it did up here. Now it's like it got a little bit of echo. Jesus gave the parable of the seed, where the seed was cast, some upon stony ground, some upon sandy ground, some upon good ground. And, that, and he gave the attributes of each place the seed was placed, each part where that seed fell, what it looked like on the stony ground, what it looked like on the, the sand, what it looked like in the good ground. Each one of those things, he showed the attributes of what that seed does. Everybody still with me? I'm still in the scripture with you. That's what that seed does. Well, that seed was found and it was put on and it began to be quickened and made alive. And the problem with the stony ground is when that seed fell into the, to the heart of a stony heart, let's make it more, more real what he's talking about, that it seemed like there was joy. It seemed like there was something was going on. They praised the Lord with the rain. They praised the Lord with the experience of God. All those things. But one good test or trial pulls it right away. The way Jesus would describe that, as soon as the sun come up, they burned up because they hadn't had their roots below ground. See, I'm not about a rocky birth tonight. I'm not about a stony or a sandy birth. I want you to be a word birth. I want to be birthed in the word. Now, and we're still carrying on in this rock of offense. 
Now, I've shared with you many times, I believe that the message of Malachi 4 is the revealed word of this hour, of my day, of your day. Whether you agree or not, this is what I believe. Now, I don't have to stand here and defend this. I don't have to stand there and authenticate it. God's done that. If you need 100,000 cases, I can give you 100,000 cases. Besides the point, let's talk about <clears throat> each one in our own, our own walk and the way that devil is constantly trying to pull you from the way of truth, constantly trying to, to take your, your, your uh, absorbency, let's call it that way, to take your absorbency of that other realm, of that other dimension. You, you still follow me? Because you were made to be a believer. I believe that with all my heart. You were made to be a believer. I believe you were cut out of that, tenor, that, that pattern, that template of God, and to be a part of his bride of his day. And that's just the way I'm claiming this church right now. That's the way that I claim you as a people. That simple. So as that would come out, and you think about the things that have kept you from the Lord Jesus all your different years. So if you, are, if you are this way now, you are this way because he always planned for you to be a believer. See, I don't believe that, that, that you know, one day you walk, stumbled into a church and, and then you give your heart to the Lord and poof, God's like, yes, I got me another one and I can just throw my bouquet and we're good to go. No, he don't run his business like that. He said he'd be a pretty poor businessman if he run his business like that and just all happenstance and all chance and like you're running a lottery or working at the casino. But it's not that. It was before the before. Before the before, he had already saw you. And we can get in Romans 8, and we can prove this to you as much as you need to tonight. So when you were always meant to be a believer, we've shared this a lot with you about each one, your birth, your, your marriage covenant, your, your accepting the Lord Jesus Christ for your own self. What kept you from doing that sooner? What kept any one of us from doing that sooner? Any one of us. It'd be, it'd be a demon. It'd be a spirit that was trying to hinder you from it, trying to keep you from the Lord Jesus. If you need to, I can prove this to you in Scripture as well. That this has always been Satan's goal to keep you from the way of life. Always been his goal. To keep you from the way of life. It doesn't matter if you've, if you've been a hundred years on this planet. If you've been five years on this planet. Satan's plan for your life is still to steal it. To kill it. And to destroy it. And I, I just <clears throat> don't feel like I can wear you out on that enough. The fact that. Because that, too many times we fall back at ease in Zion. The Bible says. Woe to them that are at ease. That are at ease in Zion. They're in at ease. See if you're not fighting. Something's wrong. If you're not marching, something's wrong. So what's keeping you from it? What's keeping you from being in marching condition? I've made that statement quite a bit in the last few months. What is keeping you from being in marching condition? It would be the army of Satan. Trying to make you doubt, to disbelieve, anything he can to pull your focus. And I don't just mean right now you listen to what I'm saying. I mean your focus from the Lord dealing with you. Ministering to you. Speaking to you. Because if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I'll use the word, if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is the personal revelation of Jesus Christ to you. Not the one beside you, but to you. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is where Satan is, has marvelous success. Well, how do we know we have it? Did you speak in tongues? Well, no. Then you don't got it. See, you don't got it. You can't find that in the Bible. Mm-mm. Paul didn't say that. Okay, did you run and jump? Did you jump over the pews? No, then you don't got it. 
Can't find that in the Bible either. Paul said, not all will. So what is it? Peter would say, walking in the present truth of your day. Present truth of your day. That seems pretty simple, don't it? It is all very simple. It's all very, very simple. So what would make it complicated? What would make it unreachable? What would make it unattainable? What would keep you away from it? It'd be a demon. It'd be a demon. I shared that with you last week. It we went through the, the two series, of <clears throat> Demonology Physical Realm, Demonology Spiritual Realm. If you haven't heard it, you didn't listen to it. It'll help you in your daily fight. If you ain't heard it, I've never heard ever of another man that had spent more time fighting demons than William Branham. Not in recorded history, outside the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't find another man. You won't find another man with documented proof of history and eyewitness accounts, whatever you need, that have cast out more demons than him. I think that he'd give you pretty good advice. Just thinking. Um, I've been a carpenter now for 20 plus years. I'm like 43 almost, so whenever you want to say that I actually become a carpenter. So I would hope that you'd ask me more advice than you would have a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old in the worm of carpentry. And so for someone that would have, uh, let's say, the Lord used them in such a way that I feel like they'd have some pretty good advice to give. And in that demonology, he told us not just there but in other places, he said it was always meant for William Branham to be a believer. Always was meant to be a believer. He said, it really bothers me that I didn't give my heart to him sooner. And I feel the same way. It really bothers me that I didn't give my heart to him sooner. He said, what kept me from him what kept me from all those years, I wanted to try this and try this and do that and, and all these different things. It was a foul spirit trying to keep you from your inheritance. Because again, the Lord Jesus Christ is your inheritance. That is what you inherit. I wrote that to you on Sunday that, that Paul said in Ephesians, you have obtained an inheritance. I hope this doesn't seem too much of a pitiful, too, um, too silly for you, me to tell you that you inherited Jesus Christ. I hope that you didn't go, well, is that it? I love an old story about a man that had, they'd had a his old man had passed away, and they was a very wealthy man, and they were going to auction off all of his collection of everything, and everybody come from everywhere, every, every, everywhere, to uh, buy all these pieces that he had saved up, and they come to buy that, and, and the auctioneer steps up, and, and he had said, before we sell anything whatsoever, our first piece tonight is a picture of this man's son, and he was a deceased man, and the, the young boy had died at a certain age, and we're going to sell this picture first right here, and then once this picture is First, we'll move on from there. So, so they start to bid. $5, nobody. $4, $3, $2. Nobody would give nothing. Nobody wanted to start yelling. We want the Picassos. We want the Rembrandts. All those different things like that. And finally, an old man stepped on the back and he said, I'll pay for it. And it was one of the gardeners or the caretakers or something like that of the man's estate. He walks up and gives his dollar, two dollars, whatever it was for the painting. And as soon as he does and that sale is all closed out and all done, the auctioneer says, okay. He said, the auction's over. You can all go home now. And they're like, wait a minute. No, you still got to sell those, sell those. He said, no. Terms of the will state whoever gets the son gets everything. <clears throat> Too simple again, ain't it? Too simple. See, the way your brain, the way our brains are wired, no, that's just, no, that's not. Uh. He that hath the son hath life. And there's no death in him. 
I don't have time right now to jump into again and tell you what the difference between life and death is. You can be, uh, you can be dead as can be with a heartbeat. You can be as dead as you can be sitting on that church pew right now. You can be as dead as can be and have a perfect cholesterol, perfect blood pressure, all those things. Be dead as can be right now in your sins and trespasses. All because you wouldn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. And once you accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. <clears throat> it's that simple. <clears throat> but I want to know these things. I want to know these things. Surrender your life to God. He'll lead you to it. Amen. These things, the Bible says, they all belong to him. The Bible says that all those mysteries, all those things here before the foundation of the world, they belong to him. They're in his hands. He's held them for eons. But the thing about our God, again, back to Christ's mystery God revealed, that first thing of God's threefold purpose was that he would reveal himself to you. Reveal himself to you. Now, I've shared that about myself. <clears throat> Excuse me, that I've been, I was raised all my life in the message. The prophet, Malachi 4 right there, the one John talked to, that man right there, that same spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ in that man right there, that's who he is. And so all my life I believed that, and I've walked in that way, <clears throat> but not everything was a revelation yet to me. I would have it here and, and different things, but it would never settle down. But once it started to settle down and I would open, I would open my heart, Lord, I'm making room Make room, Lord, live in there, Lord, live in there, move in there, take control in there. My life started to change. My world started to change. I was not the same Sam Parker that I was before that because something started to change, and it was the revelation of Jesus Christ to me. <clears throat> now, the Bible says there's no, the Scripture is of no private interpretation. What do you think that means? It is no, it is of no private interpretation. Why would that be put in there? Because some man, demon-possessed, would come along and put their interpretation on it instead of taking what it says. Taking what it says. And in that biggest thing that I can point to you um, from history is just the thing, the difference between, I say it's not a difference, but the, 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 uh, their use of Matthew 28, 19 versus Acts 2, 38 or Acts 19. That's one of the biggest ones that come to your mind. Now, I've, I've got some friends of mine that are Catholic. I've got a couple different, um, not just like one family, but several different families. And, and for me to love them and to have enjoyed fellowship with them and seeing what the Lord does for them in their lives, if you'd have asked me 20 years ago if that was possible, I'd have said, no way. No way. God does not deal with them whatsoever. But I can see God doing things for them. I'm not saying they're walking the way of truth. I'm saying they are looking for the Lord Jesus. They're looking for the Lord Jesus. They're in a system. They're in a creed. They're in a dogma that is designed to keep them from him because it has its own private interpretation of the word. It's own private, and well, this is what we believe, and, and you can't, you, you can't, this is what we believe. See, there's a scripture for that as well. The scripture says, come, let us reason together. Come, you take your Bible, let us reason together. This is the way that I've run this church as it started. You have something on your heart, we come to the scripture, and we walk through backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I was talking to a friend of mine that was Catholic just yesterday. He used to be Catholic, and he was talking about the things that he's never understood in the scripture. I said, a lot of your priests, and he would agree, that have tried to, to tell him one thing, it would be one singular pinch off of the tree of life. And, and this is it, and this is what we want to say. Okay, what the way you're slanting it, does it run backwards and forwards? Well, no, now you're just trying to be argumentative. Now you just want to debate. Now you're just trying to get in my face. Where's the Christian at? See, 
I, I, I'm a Christian. My heart, expre- I express attributes of Christ. Otherwise, why are you sitting here? I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's hot in here. I know you're tired. But otherwise, why, if you don't think that I'm your pastor, a Christian, that you need to leave right now. So expressing attributes, that they would find something that would run it backwards and forwards. Because all of the Word does. All Scripture is given by inspiration. All Scripture is given by inspiration. Inspired by whom? Right here where we're at in Matthew chapter 16. He just asked these disciples, who do you say that I am? It would be amazing right now that if we could, behind me, open up just a portal and be able to see the disciples standing there. How many would look away? How many would put their hands in their pockets? How many would start thinking about their grocery list? How many would be doing anything else they can? Is he still looking at me? Is he still talking to me? Whom do ye say that I the Son of Man am? See, we're living in the second coming. That's where you're at. We're not here. uh, We're not feasting around the revealed word of the Son of God. We're feasting around the revealed word of the Son of Man. There's a difference. Now we're covering dispensations, attributes of God. Uh, You'll find that the Scripture, you have him as Son of God, Son of David, Son of Man. Son of God, Son of David, Son of Man. Son of David is a type of the millennium. You understand where polygamy was introduced all the way back to Genesis 3, where that was first started because God had told Adam to go forth and replenish the earth. That was done before sex entered in. Before the perversion of sex entered in, he had already told Adam to go forth and replenish the earth. He had told Adam that, and then Adam, and with, with Adam to Eve to serpent, all those things that broke down, and now the punishment, the pain of childbirth was to be entered in in punishment and to be brought forth that way. That planting of seed, the, distribu- the, the distribution as far as the life that will be coming in. Satan had begun to deform, had begun to pervert, had begun to tear down, had to try to begun to, to pull away and experience the presence of God. I think one of the most, I was reading that here recently. I think it's, I think it's Genesis 3, verse 10 or 3, 16, 3, 10. I think it's three, chapter 3, verse 10. Elohim comes down in the cool of the evening like he did for every single night. And he's calling for Adam. And Adam... And Eve hide themselves from him. They hide themselves from the presence of the Lord and from his voice. And when finally God gets to Adam and he asked him, he said, what are you doing? He said, we've hid ourselves because we were afraid. We hid ourselves because we were afraid. He hid himself from the presence of the Lord. I'll say it again. That's one of the most discouraging scriptures. Did Adam just all of a sudden, because look at his track record. For years, he walked in the cool of the evening every night. We have no way to track how many years that happened. If it was 10, 100, 1,000, every night, the cool of the evening. Every night, the cool of the evening. And now through the perversion of sin and unbelief and doubt, they've got a hold of their life and immediately, 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 they're hiding from the presence of the Lord. Am I, am I the only one in this room that makes you want to cry? That break your heart? Am I the only one that breaks your heart? If something's wrong, you've got a stony heart in your chest. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. 
I've told you many times, I'll say it again. You were designed and created to live in the presence of the Lord. Lucifer knows that. Lucifer spent his life, his existence, trying to keep you from it. Everything he's done. I shared that with you earlier. Brother Brown had said that as a young boy, he said it was some kind of spirit that tried to keep me from him. All those things. And you would ask yourself, no, no, I was just busy with school and I was busy with uh, you know, video games or sports. And I just didn't really have time for God back then. Maybe people think God doesn't speak to a child that young. I think John the Baptist would disagree. Isaiah would disagree. They, Samuel would disagree. Because again, why did they and not you, not me? It was some kind of spirit trying to keep you from it. Everybody so far with me on this page. Do you admit or agree that something was keeping you from the way of life? Okay. We're on the same page. You realize we're fighting an army of darkness, trying to keep you from that. And your time was probably different than the person sitting beside you. And then you also still have your daily struggle once you get on the path. Your daily struggle. Do you have time to pray? Do you have time to read your Bible? Do you have time to listen to sermons? Every one of us in this room do have the time. There's not one person. So where's the time go? Where's the time go? You have an army constantly against you trying to take every second of your day. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to read your Bible. You don't have time to listen to a tape. And as soon as he gets that effective in your life, you're knocked down. And you're struggling. And he's got his claw prints in you. You know how to to defeat him. You know how to overcome him. You know how. How did he get his hooks in you? How did he get his hooks in you? You hid from the presence of the Lord. I've shared with you many times I've hid from the presence of the Lord. I've heard God tell me to do things and I wouldn't do them. And I still carry the shame of that. And I've tried very, very hard ever since then to never make that mistake again. Even if it rips the hide right off of me, I don't care if I look embarrassed. I don't care what happens. If he tells me to say something, I'm going to say it. If you get up and walk out because of it, and so be it. I serve him. I don't serve you. I had a brother say something to me recently that I really enjoyed. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your brother. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your brother. That's different. That's very, very different. See, we're in a battle for our lives. We're in a battle for our wives' lives, for our children's lives. We're in a battle. And if you don't think you are, then he's got the wool pulled over your eyes, and you're just bebopping along. You're in a battle. And a brother is different than a friend. When you're talking about a brother and sister in Christ. If i got to say something to you that's going to hurt you, I'm going to say it. You know I love you. I've told you repeatedly I love you. you I, I know in your heart you would rather I say something to keep you from walking off in the pit of hell. You at least I wish you'd have said something. I, I'm the same way. God's got something to say to me, Lord. I want to hear it. If you've got to correct me, I said that here recently. If God has to start from scratch on me, if he's got to put me on a potter wheel and crush me back down to nothing and start again, blessed be the name of the Lord. And if you don't feel that way right now, something's wrong. Because the Spirit of Christ is always saying, examine yourself. 
Examine yourself. And let me finish that up for you to see whether or not you even be in the faith. Okay? Whose faith? A lot of people will say, we don't believe it like that. That ain't what our church teaches. That ain't what this is. This ain't what our faith is. Wait a minute. There's only one faith. There's only one faith. Everything else is a diversion or a perversion or a deformation of faith. It's a substance. It's a substance. And again, in our day, I'm very thankful to be living in our day. Uh, we met, me and Bethany was talking about this other night that, that, that we are, our trials have exponentially catapulted greater, higher than we ever would have dreamed. Ever, 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 ever would have dreamed. But even in all that, we're happier now than we've ever been. You might not see me smiling. I carry a lot of weight. But I'm smiling in my heart. Sometimes I forget to smile. Sometimes I think, no, I'm just, I'm just wasting time thinking about something I can't change. Wasting time thinking about something I can't fix. Wasting time thinking about something that he can only change. Only he can change. And there's scripture for that too. He said, I planted the seed and I'll water it day and night. Not one amen. Come on now. You're a seed of God. The only reason you're raising your hands and you love him is because he's watered that seed in your heart. You can be back to wherever you were. Who wants to go back? Nobody? Everybody just dodging your eyes away from me, looking away. Don't look at me. I would like to go back. I'd like to go back to that shuck. I'd like to go back to that, my other church. I'd like to go back to that. I don't want to go back. Sister Vanessa, you want to go back? I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Never, 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 never. I want to go up. I want to go up. And again, his word rings true. Backwards, forwards, middles, all day long, his word rings true. And I've said that about, again, our prophet, the prophet that's been given to us this day's bride, William Branham, Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Luke 17, 30, Revelation through that. Our prophet has been given a, was, was called to restore the faith that was once delivered. Restore the faith. I was talking to Sister it was Sister Rosa and Sister Ruby last week. Her niece has got a brain tumor trying to kill her. And I was asking her, is she a believer? And the reason why I ask it, I'm, I'm not trying to never point to an organization, never trying to, I, I'm trying to tell you that what God did in William Branham, it restored a faith that is accessible right now that ain't no demon can stand before. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, you, you, I'm pretty excited about that. That what God has done through William Branham that our eyes can see and we can see the Lord Jesus doing that, it's instilled a faith in my heart that I know ain't no demon can stand before me now. Amen. Can you say the same thing? Ain't no demon can stand before me now. Come on. See, it's all about Faith. It's all about faith. It's a substance. The Word brings faith. I'm not up here tonight preaching to you from Paul's day. I'm not preaching from any of those other church age messengers. I'm not preaching to you saying we only had the book of Genesis. Stop. I'm not saying we only had the book of Exodus. Stop. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Judges, Joshua, Ruth. None of those things that say stop right there. I'm, no, I'm saying there's so much of God. Let him show it to you. Your world changes. Unless you're doing that to him. You ain't getting in here. Who do you think you are? So I'll ask you again, who do you tonight, this day, say the 20th or 21st, 21st, who do you, June 20th, 2023, say the Son of Man? I say 21st, 22nd. 
21st. Who do you say that he is? Because we've done preach to you that he's here. Again, I don't have a picture of the cloud here, but that was the coming of the Lord. That's Luke 17, 30. That's, that's, uh, that's Revelation 10, 1. That's, re- that's what it is. He come down. I, I can pull up the quote, and uh, I think it's who's Melchizedek. Brother Ram said that he's here. All of angels are here. And the scripture tells you that hell hath moved to meet him at his coming. But shouldn't it be a beautiful and easy and everything going easy? No, because all of hell moved to meet him at his coming. It's very tempestuous round about him, the scripture says. And I don't believe that, that God's a yo-yo either. I don't believe he's a rubber band. I know people that teach that, I guess that must be like four comings. That, that he come and went back up and he'll come back and then you'll come back with him. So that makes four comings. Bible don't teach four comings. Bible only teaches three comings. I believe he's here. I believe the half hour of, exi- of silence has expired. I told you, I was born at the end of the half hour of silence. That revelation, and again, even though I was born there, doesn't mean it was a revelation to me. It was things that I've learned. So as things went into my database or my blank slate, that's what God, but even though it was here, it doesn't mean that I knew it. But once faith started to accept it and receive it, something started changing. Something started changing to the point now that even you have confidence in my prayers. You know I ain't nothing. I'll tell you again, I ain't nothing. I'm the lowest of the lowest. But even you have confidence in my prayers. And I'll tell you, I'm nothing. This is what he's done. This is all that he's done. This is the grace of our God. This is the mighty king has made a change in someone who is useless. I thank him for his mercy. I thank him for his mercy. I'm glad I'm not what I once was. Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. But he says unto you tonight, whom do you say that he is? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, which means little stone, right? A stone. I say unto you that you're Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We could stop right there. I was fellowshipping last night with Brother Aaron Wilcoxon. And we was talking about something, and, and he said something, and as soon as he said it, I was about to send this scripture to him, screenshot it and send it to him. And before I could, he sends it to me. Amen. This scripture right here. I'll carry on. He says, I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Anybody in this room believe what I just read to you? You, again, this is you. You weren't standing there, but the Word is eternal. The Word sees you right now in your chair. The Word sees you when you're going through. And the Word is asking you tonight, will you accept that same rock? Will you accept that same rock? You done, Jesus told you that the gates of hell cannot prevail against this rock. But He also just told you something in that statement. The gates of hell are going to do everything they got. 
They're going to bring everything they got. We can jump back in Isaiah. Isaiah would say, when the enemy comes in like a flood. He said, I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, jump over to Romans 9. Now, there's, I, I can only pull out just a few verses of this scripture right here. There's so much that unpackages in Romans 9. It's, it's something I was thinking about earlier. You, you find the scripture, you, you, you see this question, what if, comma, Another place you see in this Christian in the scripture, but God, comma. Pull those two things out. What if God, but God? A lot of times we use the statement, but for the grace of God, this would have happened. But for the grace of God, this would have happened. Each one of us would come up with a long laundry list of things. But for the grace of God, this could have happened. This could have happened. This could, but for the grace of God. Amen. But for the grace of God. I was, sister, I was talking to a sister just recently, and she was sharing her testimony about things. And I don't understand why this. I don't understand why this. I don't understand how that I come to truth. I don't understand how my life changed. But God, Amen. but God, willing more abundantly to show unto his heirs of promise. But God, willing more abundantly to show unto his heirs of promise. Again, you had to inherit something. You have obtained this inheritance. You've inherited something. <coughs> Verse 16, Romans chapter 9, verse 16. No, let's read verse 15. For he saith to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. And, and we're, notice we're, we're just left Romans 8 as far as chronologically. If you jump back one, one chapter in Romans 8, Romans 8 covers predestination as perfectly and as clearly as can be said. Election and foreknowledge. Everybody on the same page? Everybody on the same page? Because we're just going to go into more detail about election and foreknowledge and predestination and foreknowing. He said, for this, uh, he said to Moses, I'll have, Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. Stop right there. There's you in the scripture. If he's had mercy on you, it's because he decided to before the foundation of the world. Now your enemy, the con man, the liar is like, no, he did it once. He won't do it again. Anybody ever had Satan tell you that? Yes, he did that before, but he won't do it for you ever again. You think he'd have a whole new book of tricks. No, he's like, he's been working forever. Just keep flinging them out. It's like with watered up paper towels thrown at you to see what'll stick. Have mercy on whom he'll have mercy, compassion on whom he'll have compassion. Verse 16. So then, it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Not of him that willeth or him of runneth, but God that showeth mercy. Now, Paul is trying to, uh, trying to singular out, to, to tighten up something so that you would understand the grace of God. Now, so many people, they don't understand that when you're trying to make a point, and apparently, um, especially in a certain room that you're preaching to or you're talking to. If we had tonight sitting here, um, I'm trying to think of what the difference. If you had it tonight, you had everyone in this room here was all Calvinist, packed out full. Everybody on this side was all Armenianist, Armenianist. And I had to get you something down the middle of the road according to Scripture. 
you've got your guard up. I don't, if he don't say something according to Calvinism, then he's a liar and ain't got no truth in him. Over here, you've got Armenians. You got up, if he don't say something to Armenianism, then we're going to have to get nothing to him. So in a room like that, I would have to go clear off over in the ditch to get you to pull you back in the middle of the road. Over here, I'd have to go clear off the ditch to get you and to pull you back in the middle of the road. Otherwise, you won't do this. And you won't hear a word i got to say. He's just an Arminian. He's just a Calvinism. He don't understand the Scripture. He don't have another revelation. He don't have an understanding. I'm so much smarter and bigger and higher and greater than he is. But when he's trying to make a point, if you were to take this and compare this with the revelation that James was given and that James wrote down, not that they had a different revelation. Who here thinks that Paul and James had a different revelation? Because God gives everybody a different one from each other. You've got one. You've got one. I just said there's no private interpretation. So he would have, see, again, the book of Revelation is not called the book of Revelations. It's one singular revelation of one singular person, one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you had this nugget being dropped out right here about grace, then you take what James says and you think, well, which is it? Which is it? Both have parts. You have a part. You cannot be a lazy Christian. You cannot drink, smoke, run around, cheat, lie, gamble, be lazy. You can't have a critical spirit. You can't have anger, wrath, malice. You cannot. It will rot you in your seat. Rot you. I don't care how predestinated you are. It will rot you in your seat. Well, I've got predestination. I've got this, and I know I'll be saved. I know I'll be I'm not eternally lost. I understand, but your life is miserable. 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 Then you have those over here that are always trying to do things by works. It must be this. It must be this. There is, a, there, it is an element of resting as well. But you've also got a part to do. I don't know. I, 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 I won't say that. Even the Scripture saith. Even the Scripture saith. For the Scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. This same purpose have I raised thee up. Okay, so let's just say, let's just say Pharaoh that was going to attack Moses and his dad, because you couldn't have Pharaoh was going to attack Moses without his dad, because he was tired. Okay, let's pull those two out. If we could take and go through and clock everything those two men had done, Every single thing, all the wealth they'd accrued, all of their wives, all their armies, all the walls and the, and the beautiful things they had built. And you would say, that's the sum of that person. God would say, no, it ain't. That is not why I let them breathe. That is not why I let them live. That is not why their heart's beating in their chest right before the Red Sea. He just told you what it was. For this purpose have I raised thee up. This purpose. I have I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. All the earth. We're going to describe in a minute a vessel fitted for wrath. Fitted. A vessel fitted for wrath. So, nobody's following. If you had a boat, you have a boat that's just a sailboat. It's built a certain way. It has no weapons. 
There's nothing. It's just beautiful. It's painted up. It's made just to sail the seas. It has no motor. A sailboat don't have a motor. If you wanted to have a motor, you would fit that boat to a motor. If you wanted to be a battleship, you would fit it to cannons and guns and all those things. You would fit it for that right there. You still tracking me? A vessel fitted for destruction. His sole purpose was to be fitted for destruction. So that means that he let him get as big and as wealthy and a crew and amass as much of an army and all that he had just for that one singular purpose so that God would show his power. He let him raise up that big that was most likely the most powerful, wealthiest, most uh, able uh, nation on the planet. Its sole purpose was for this moment. If you believe the Scripture that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. What are you picking up from that last sentence? That Pharaoh's name would be known throughout all the earth. Pharaoh was so great. He was so big. Have you seen all that he'd done and all the walls and all the roads and all the... You don't even know his name. That the Lord Jesus Christ might be known through all the earth. The one that owns everything, the one that created everything, who is and was and always shall be. Therefore, he covers it again, verse 18. Hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Why does he find fault? Who has resisted his will? I'm letting it marinate. I pray your mind just jump right to Isaiah 14. Because that's where iniquity was first found in the heart of Lucifer. He allowed Lucifer to be what he is because he needed a vessel fit for destruction. You'll notice you won't find anywhere in Scripture where it says that Lucifer has eternal life. Nowhere in Scripture will you find that Lucifer has eternal life. Nowhere in Scripture will you find that angels, period, have eternal life. You won't find it nowhere in Scripture. Can you find in Scripture that you have eternal life? Yes? Yes? Come on. Yes? That's a yes. I know it's Wednesday night. Everybody's tired. But yes, you can find that in Scripture that you have eternal life. He said, whom he will, he hardeneth. Whom he will. Then he says, why doth he yet find fault for who hath resisted his will? He'll find fault with you if you resist his will. That too grouping? Is that too much of a cluster? To say, if you resist his will, he find fault with you? I've done told you many times I've resisted him. But I've also testified I found grace in the Lord, found mercy in him. I've repented of it. I made it right with him. Amen. Nay, verse 20, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? This is something I've never understood. <clears throat> People that get mad at God. I don't understand that. I heard a, I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's alive anymore, but a preacher back in the, I guess, 60s or 70s, he was interviewed, <clears throat> maybe so alive, I don't know. He said about people that get mad at God, and I don't know what he is, if he's Baptist or if he's, um, I kind of think he's Baptist. But he said, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Well, the pot, look at the potter and say, why hast thou made me thus? 
No, I had a right to think that. I had this happen. I had a right to think that. I had this happen. All these things were going wrong. I was sharing with a fellow yesterday about Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You think they had a right to be mad at God standing in a furnace of fire? They're in there going, how did he put us in here? Well, I had, I had something fun to do today, and, and he put me in here. Why did he put me in here? I'm a Christian. I live for the Lord. Not one time was guile found in their mouth. Not one time. They said, our God can deliver us. We don't know if he will, but we'll stay so blessed to be the name of the Lord. Though God slay me, Job would say. Though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. His wife come to him and said, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, you speak like a foolish woman. Speak like a foolish woman. Who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? See, I love the Spirit of Christ in the heart of a believer. And I, I love when that person is, is walking in the way they should go and believe in the way they should believe, how they hear, and what they hear. I can tell you of many people sitting in the same service walk out and say two different things of the same service. Heard something different. I ain't never going back in there. And you would say, I'm going back in there. Verse 22. What? If God, what if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? What if God, willing, Okay, let's look at it like this. Say you've got a man that's a really good fighter, a man that can't be beaten, a man that can't be hurt, a man that can't be bruised, a man that cannot be injured whatsoever, and he lets someone hit him and hit him and hit him and get him on the floor and stomp on him, all the while knowing you got nothing. What if God, willing more abundantly, I don't think you see where I'm going. You have the Lord Jesus in the flesh as our example, as our, as our, our, our template to look at to, and you know what he did for our healing. That's the groom. You today is the bride. Each one of us can testify of things you've went through in your life that almost knocked you to the floor. That a lot of times you felt like you were on the floor constantly getting kicked, constantly getting beaten, constantly being overcome, but you were always destined to be an overcomer. You were always destined to be greater than, than anything this world has. Always better be. Always. But each one of us would say, I got my head kicked in. I took beating. Satan had too much victory in my life. He had way too much victory in my life. He held me too long. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? Now let's, let's say it this way. David would ask, why do the wicked prosper? 
Why do the wicked prosper? Our prophet would say it like this. This is the only heaven they got. This is the only heaven they got. They're not those that... How do I say this quickly? God don't send you to hell. You send yourself to hell. God don't, God don't make you a sinner. You keep yourself a sinner. You keep yourself a sinner. You have a way made now that you can say, I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I surrender my life on the altar, and I am no longer a sinner. I might still make mistakes, and I might still have sins, but I am not a sinner no more. I do not have to go to hell because the price he paid for me. I'm not what I once was. Mercy changed. Mercy made a difference. Mercy made a difference. Fitted to destruction. Put up with all those things for so long. Again, I shared this with you recently about that, that whole statement about, um, about hell and people going to hell. And, and, and I guess I wonder why some people have to go to hell and other people don't have to go to hell. If you were to look at it in an ethical quandary or a moral balance and weight or scale system and you put Jacob and Esau side by side. I didn't call him Israel. I said Jacob and Esau side by side. You would drop Jacob so fast and say, you're going to hell. You belong in hell. You're a thief. You're a con man. You're a liar. And Esau's a pretty good guy. Stayed home, took care of his parents. Took care of his parents while his brother ran off. Something wasn't right in Esau, though. Even though Jacob was running in the world and, and trying to do everything he can to look like someone in the world. You know, I, 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 you were always created to be a believer of Christ. You were always created to give worship and glory to God. When you were out in the world doing whatever you were doing, then you were a hypocrite. Then you were faking. Then you were pretending. That was not the real you. That is some nasty, filthy thing Satan tried to tell you you were. So again, let's pull back in the house of God. How many times can each one of you think that you've either seen something or heard someone say something about someone dancing, running, jumping, or shouting? Oh, they're just pretending. They're just faking. That's just emotion. All those things. Each one of us can. I can think of at least five people that said, this particular time, that was all emotion. This particular time, that was all emotion. They only did it because someone else did it. Think about that now. They only did it because someone else did it. So I'm going to say this again. You were created and designed to scream and shout and give him glory and give him praise because he's the only one worthy of everything we got. So who would put a spirit on you to say, no, you're a faker. You're trying to portray someone else. You're trying to look like someone else. That's out of the pit of hell. Pit of hell. That is not the spirit of Christ. Not the spirit of Christ. You get into a baseball game or a football game. You get beside yourself. People are like, he just having a good time. You can act as crazy as you want. Paint yourself up. Do all kinds of nonsense. Rush the field. Oh, he's just having a good time. You can get drunk out of your mind and just drive your car through a mall. People, he's just having a, all that nonsense. But are you doing the house of God? Oh, it's just a fake and that's all emotion. Always meant to worship God and praise him and give him glory. John said like this, if you don't, the stones will take your place. I told you many times, ain't no stone taking my place. Ain't no stone taking my place. He endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath 
fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy whom he had afore prepared unto glory. Afore. That means before you were born. Before your parents were born. Before your grandparents were born. I, I'm going to run out of space before I run through your genealogy. He afore prepared that for you. No, it's just coincidence. It's just this. No, these belong to you. Amen. He give it to you. I've been saying inheritance all night long. You've obtained this inheritance. Do you accept it or not? Amen. You don't have to. The Bible talks about those that were to return to the weak and beggarly elements that live beneath their means. Jesus said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That one scripture, you can tell the devil and make him run. That one scripture, that one scripture, Satan, you're a liar. Lucifer, devil, demon, you're a liar. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Anywhere greater is he that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. Afore prepared unto glory. Each of us, even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And he saith also in Osi, or Hosea, saith in Osi, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. We're sharing this with a brother yesterday on the phone. Uh, you understand that what God's done in your heart and your life, not one of us in this room are Hebrew. Not one of us are, are Israel. Not one of us are Jews by birth. Not one of us. Am I right? Not one of us. You were called dogs that were not a people. He said, she's mine. She's mine. Why did he pick you? Why did he pick you? Why did he keep you alive? Why? Why are you still breathing right now? I can tell you so many circumstances in my life that I should have died a long time ago. And it's nothing of me. It's his mercy. His God willing more abundantly to show his riches. His mercy. And yet we walk around living beneath our means. We have song worship services that we just... Great is the Lord... What keeps you there? It's a demon. It's a demon that keeps you there. Even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he saith also in Osi, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. Now, I love this right here in particular. Because I say this to you all the time. All scripture must run backwards and forwards. And God, who just so coincidentally happens to have Paul write down something he heard Hosea say. No, God said, I promised Hosea this. I promised Isaiah this. I promised in Joel this. I promised Ezekiel this. And you wrap it all up in this right here. She's mine. Backwards and forwards. Backwards and forwards. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You're not my people, there shall they be called the church of the living God. There shall they be called the church of the living God. We're not talking about church of Christ, church of the Baptist, church of the Nazarene, church of the Pentecostal, church of the Lutheran, Methodist. 
44,000. I'd be running out of time. The church of, no, the Lord Jesus Christ. His, the word church means called out. The word means separated. That, that's why the bride is under a Nazarite vow. Most people don't understand that. You as a bride of Christ are under a Nazarite vow. You are called out and separated from the world. You're told to not have no partakers of anything she has, to love not the world, that if you do love the world, the love of God's not even in you. That should just about check any one of us on the amount of shows we watch, on the amount of YouTube we watch, on the amount of Facebook we look at, Instagram. That should check you right there. If the love of God is in you, you don't love those things. Now, I've done share with you many times the love that I've had for those things, and then it would, even though you'd come away from it and not spend time looking at it, something would happen. You Well, I'm bored today. I'm this today. I'm this today. And you just fall right back in it, and you walk away just as discouraged and depressed as you've ever been. But I was just trying to have a moment of just peace and rest and relax and, and just take my mind off things. No, Satan's lulling you to sleep. And he's using demons to do it. That's why you feel that way. You ever felt heavy after it? Heavy after Heaviness after it? Even in good things. Even things that you would think would be okay. I'm not talking about even looking at perverted things. I mean, it's, it's Satan's trying to pull your attention away. You can, look, you can look at YouTube. You can look at Instagram. You can listen to podcasts. You can do all those things. You can watch movies for two hours. You can sit in a movie theater for two hours or three hours, but sit down that same day and read your Bible for three hours. You can sit eight hours on YouTube. Spend eight hours on the Bible. Spend eight hours listening to tapes. Well, I, I got this other do. I got this other do. I got this other do. And it's just something they're constantly trying to pull you away from it because when you get stronger, they're weaker. You get, they get weaker. Verse 27, Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a only a remnant shall be saved. The exact number is 12,000 times 12. 144,000. Of the 12 tribes, 12,000 from each tribe that have not bowed or need to bail, that have kept themselves pure, that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what it means to be an adulterous woman? For a, a natural woman, a natural woman, to be an adulterous woman is to, uh, you, can, you can't just say anymore to have physical relations. You can't just say, for me to be adulterous, that means I had physical relations. You can't just say that because Jesus magnified the law. Moses give commandment about committing adultery. Jesus comes along and says, if you believe he's Christ, if he's the anointed, Jesus says that if a man to look upon a woman with lust in his heart, he's committed adultery already with her. Did not even touch. Did not even touch. So even the looking at. And so a woman that would present herself in a way that someone would look at her and lust, they become an adulterous woman. Even though she never touched another man besides her husband. I'm not trying to make you feel nervous, and I'm trying to show you something. Is a spiritual wife of Christ, adultery is giving attention to anything else. How many couples can you talk to? How many couples can you talk to that their complaint would be, well, um, I'm married, yes, but my husband, this is all he does. He's got his boat, he's got his RV, he's got his weekend, he's got his motorcycle, all those things. I sure wish he'd show me attention. 
Then you got the other thing. You got a man sitting there said, my wife, she's got her, 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 uh, her Avon, her Mary Kay, or, or anything like that. I'm not trying to pick up those things, but anything that just going to, they get jealous because they feel like they're showing more attention, more time to that than to their spouse. Anybody heard of a certain situation? Anybody? Okay. How do you think he feels? And I'll say it again. I'm guilty. I'm very, very guilty of this. But it's my job to call it out, too. It's my job as the pastor of this church to call it out. That's spiritual adultery. Not one of us in here would want our husbands looking at another woman. Not one of us would want our wives looking at another man. Not one of us. If you do, there's something really perverted wrong with you. That tells you where you're at. For he will finish the work, verse 28, and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And again, this right here wraps up things that most people don't understand. They don't understand the goodness of our God. They really don't understand what Paul is telling you about the goodness of our God. To me, this is the same thing as watering the weeds with the wheat. Mercy. I've done read to you just a few verses ago about his long-suffering, about his grace, about his gentleness. And right now, Paul is covering the tribulation. Not seven years anymore. Three and a half years. Someone bore that for you, whomever goes to the tribulation. Someone bore that. It had to be or no flesh could be saved. If you had to, if I had time to jump in and preach to you a, a, a series on just what's going to happen during the tribulation, I don't know how many of you ever come back. I don't know how many of you could sleep at night. It would be akin to a good horror movie. To go through that tribulation means you missed the rapture. To miss the rapture means you missed the Holy Ghost. To miss the Holy Ghost means you missed the revealed word of your day. Your day. Not in Paul's day, not in Luther's day, of your day. You can't say, well, I've got a revelation of everything Moses put into words. Everything Jeremy, everything that Jeremiah, everything that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Don. No, you've got to have a revelation, the open word for your day. For he'll finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And Isaiah, which is Isaiah, said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and Gomorrah and been made like, made like Sodom and been made like Gomorrah, burned off. Everybody understand? Sodom and Gomorrah was burned off. Hailstones of fire fell on, burned off. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. We're back to faith again. And I'm not even in Hebrews 11 talking to you. You're back in faith. Faith has to be anchored somewhere. Faith is a revelation. Faith must be anchored in the rock of revelation. You must be able to have a, a, a point you can trace everything back to. And it can't change. You understand that, that it can't change? I know this is very, very simple, and I pray I can make it very, very simple to you. For you to have faith, it's got to be in something that cannot change. And the reason why the Bible says that God cannot lie and he cannot change is because when he makes a promise, everything is staked on that promise. When he makes a covenant, everything is staked on that covenant, and you can stake your soul on it. 
You're not going to trace that thread of faith all the way back to a rock sitting on shifting sands. You're not going to trace it back to anything else that's going to be falling away. Well, we saw that, but now it's actually this, or it's actually that. No, it's going to be consistent and stable because it's founded in the rock of Revelation. Consistent and stable. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, they didn't look for it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. They stumbled at that stumbling stone. Who here thinks the law was bad? That the law was evil? The law was meant to destroy you and cast you into hell. That's what God meant when he gave them the law. He's going to give them the law. It's going to rot their soul and throw them right in the lake of fire. He's like, oh, goody, I can't wait. It was never meant for their evil. Even though they'd done wrong and done wrong and done wrong and begged for the law, one of the worst things they ever did, it was never meant for their evil. It was meant to them to bring them to him. He said it was a schoolmaster. It was a tutor to bring you to him. All meant to bring you to him. He said, wherefore, that question, how did this happen that Israel attained not? He said, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone, lack of faith. And you cannot have faith without a revelation. Because, Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is a substance, or let's change it this way, faith is a rock. It's founded in something. Okay, let's say it's a substance. Faith is water. You can anchor yourself real good in water, right? Faith is uh, sinking sand. You can anchor real Those are substances. It's not what it's meaning. It's a rock of revelation. Everything can be traced back to it. As it is written about that stumbling stone, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Whosoever believeth on the one that would offend someone or be a stumbling block to someone, you'll not be ashamed. Let's all stand on our feet tonight and have the musicians come. We read to you there in Peter, as Peter had said, that about a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Tonight, as we carry on the rock of offense, the revealed word of your hour is a stumbling stone and a rock of offense to many. They were never fitted for it. They weren't fitted for it. Who fit you for belief, for faith? The Lord Jesus. He fit you for that. I'm glad for that tonight. I'm very thankful for his mercy. As I, I said, I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to believe this and this is what's right. And now I get to see fruits of it in my life. No, his mercy says, this I give unto thee. This I give unto thee. Grace. Would you thank him for his mercy tonight? Amen. Of the Lord falls upon my heart. I will sing like David sang. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will sing like David sang. Come on, sing it with us. I will sing, I will sing, 
will sing like David sang. Oh, I will sing. I will sing. I'll sing like David sang. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. Oh, I will dance. I will dance. I'm gonna dance like David danced. Dance, I will dance. I'm gonna dance like David danced. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will pray like David prayed. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will pray like David prayed. Oh, I will pray. I will pray. I'm going to pray like David prayed. Oh, I'm going to pray. going to pray. gonna pray like David prayed. The Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart. I will love like Jesus loves. Oh, when the Spirit of the Lord falls upon my heart, I will love like Jesus loves. Oh, and I will love. I will love. say thank you Lord for your mercy thank you for being so good to us Lord Jesus not one person in this room is worthy of such mercy such long suffering such loving kindness such amazing and, and matchless grace unmerited favor Lord we thank you tonight with all that's within us, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for being so good to your people, Lord. Being willing to show so much more abundantly the riches of your grace, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for living in us. Thank you for changing our lives from what we used to be and steadily keeping up that work, Lord, to moving us toward the image that you've had in your mind since before the foundation of the world. We appreciate you tonight. We pray, Lord, for each one of our brothers and sisters here, each one of us in this assembly, Lord, that call this church our home. Lord, I pray in our hearts 
that you would root out, Lord, anything that's unpleasing to you, anything that would hinder you having complete control in our lives, Lord. We right now lay it upon your altar and ask you to burn it up. Lord, our sole desire, our treasure, our priority, everything that cries within us, Lord, is for more of you, more of you, more of you, more of you. Lord, help these Help us here tonight. Help these people. Help my brothers and sisters, Lord, to draw closer to you. Surrender more. Lord, help me to surrender and submit more. More of me, Lord, so that you can have preeminence in my life, in our lives, in the life of this church, Lord. We pray that you would give us in our hearts, Lord, crying out for the souls of our neighbors, for the souls of our family members. For those that are around us that we work with, Lord, I pray you would bless these people, myself included tonight, with that kind of a burden, Lord, that we would pray day and night for them, that they wouldn't miss it, Lord Jesus. They wouldn't miss what you have for us tonight. We appreciate you so much. Thank you again, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for all you do for us, Lord, on a daily basis still moving mountains, Lord, still making a way of escape, still lifting us up higher every time that flood comes in. We thank you, Jesus. I want to say thank you for still being the healer, that not one thing can stand before you, Lord God, not one sickness, not one demon out of hell can stand before you, Lord. And you've made it much more clear and plain for us. That for our lives to be completely surrendered to you, nothing can stand before us. Because greater is you that's in us than anything anywhere else. Help us to not live beneath our means. Help us not to turn back to the weak and beggarly element. But Lord, let us with a heart full of faith and a life full of obedience to your word. Slay every giant that steps in our path. Claim every brother and sister. Claim every one you'll put on our heart, Lord. Show that grace of the King. Show your light and your love, Lord. Lord, let it so saturate us that, Lord, that anyone would look. I don't care what situation they're in or how many demons are on them currently, but they would see us but only see you. That's how we surrender to you tonight, Lord. Hide us in you, Lord God that we would no longer be seen, but only you. I love how you word it in Ezekiel, how it starts out in that process. You see the wheels, you see the people, you see the body, you see the vehicle, but after a while you don't see them anymore. They only see you, Lord Jesus. That's our desire. That's our cry, Lord. Help us, we pray. Lord, as we stand here tonight, We have questions. We have needs. We have prayer requests. Lord, we know that you're very faithful to meet each one of those. And Lord, we like to ask again for mercy, Lord, that you'd move on our behalf. I pray mercy for my brothers and sisters standing here. Each one of us are going through a very various and different kind of trial. But Lord, you're still the same God as you've always been. You're the same yesterday and today. Lord, we thank you for being an on-time God. That no matter what is happening around us, that we can still look upward and above it 
and see you by your promise. Be with us as we go our separate ways. We go back out into our fight, Lord. Let us not be a coward. Let us not slink away. Let us not be lazy or slothful, Lord. But let us stand up like a man and fight. That Ephesians 6 man, Lord, that can take your word and know what you don't want done with it. Have mercy on us. We appreciate your love and your kindness and ask you to help us as we go our separate ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your holy and precious and lovely name, amen. Just enjoy his presence right now. More of you. you appreciate it when he makes himself known I've had it all but what I need oh it's more of you hallelujah of things I've had my
comfort when I'm lonely. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my peace in times of trouble. You are the one who cares for me. You are the rock of my salvation, the one I base my life upon. stone of my heart, my bright and morning star. Lord Jesus, you What I base my life upon You are the one, the only Cornerstone of my heart My bright and morning star Oh Jesus, you Family, oh, 
appreciate the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. He is so wonderful and so good to us. We've got um, a week from this Saturday. We need to have a work day here. That'd be the, the um, I don't know what the date, is that July 1st? That is July 1st. So we'll have a work day here. We've got little things to do. If you can come and help, I'd really appreciate it. If you can't come, at least let us know. That way we can plan on you or not. Um, and then, of course, the following weekend, we'll have, actually, on the 1st, it'll be the 2nd, well, it'll be uh, communion and foot washing. That's that Sunday night. We'll have our Sunday morning service and Sunday night service. So that gives you a week and a half notice. Get your life right. If there's something that you've been needing to forgive or take care of, get it done. Don't eat and drink unworthily. You've got time to make it right. I know the devil will make you wait the last minute. But if you've got to step outside Sunday night and make a phone call, you get it done. Our last communion service in here was rough. Satan fought tooth and nail. Tried his best to tear the church apart that night. It ain't going to be like that ever again. We've got the following weekend after that. We'll have Brother Jonathan here for a Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday morning. You correct that. We'll have a Friday night at 7 Saturday at 10 a.m. a service and then uh, we'll just have fellowship the rest of the day and then we'll have a Sunday morning service and Brother Jonathan will be preaching am I saying it wrong? okay so you know, he'll we'll have a 10 a.m. morning service not an evening service and then the following two weeks after that Brother Forrest Farmer will be here ministering for us on a Saturday night and a Sunday morning you'll be blessed I know a lot of you haven't ever heard of him but you'll be, you'll be truly blessed you appreciate his mercy to you. Amen. You are dismissed tonight. Go in the fear of the Lord.